and welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma, and this is a podcast where I talk about books. Today, I'm going to be doing a little sort of Thanksgiving vacation wrap-up where I talk about the two books I read while I was in Florida for Thanksgiving. So those two books are The Wilder Woman by Ruth Emmy Lang and The Unhoneymooners by Christina Lauren. So this is going to be kind of a mashup between a normal episode and a wrap-up one that I've done in the past when I've been gone for a while. And so it's kind of going to be similar to the Harley and Finch Merlin's Halloween special episodes where I spend about 10 to 15 minutes on each book. So I give like a very short, like a much shorter plot summary and then discuss the book. And why am I doing this? Because I'm lazy and did not want to record two different episodes today. Honestly, it was uh, like a two, it took me two hours to even sit down to do this. So I don't know what to tell you. So without further ado, let's get into this first book, which is The Wilder Woman by Ruth Emmy Lang. This was my November book of the month pick, and it was also coincidentally Bobby's book of the month pick. So we were both about halfway through when I was down in Florida visiting. So before I get into the plot summary, I must issue a spoiler warning. If you don't want this book to be spoiled, stop here, go read the book. I would recommend it for people who read a lot or who like kind of magical realism. If that's not your thing, maybe this isn't for you. I also will say if you like stories that explore family dynamics and relationships, then this is a really good one for that. So with that, yeah, if you log off if you don't want to be spoiled, um, but I'm going to get into the plot summary. So this story follows two sisters, Zadie and Finn, as they go on a road trip to try and find their missing mother, Nora. So five years ago, their mom, Nora, just disappeared out of the blue and never came back. Zadie was 18, so she was able to kind of continue on with her life, but Finn was only 13, and Zadie was not able to get custody of her, so she's been being raised by a foster family. Now, what's special about these sisters is that they have a sort of special talent, we'll call it for now. Zadie is kind of a psychic. She has premonitions of the future, a voice in her head telling her something, but she refuses to use this power ever since her mom left. And Finn has these, she can like uh, see these echoes of memories that other people left. So basically when she's in a place, if there's some sort of strong memory of it that's there, she can sense it and kind of get an echo of what had happened there in the past. So this book starts off with Finn graduating high school. The two sisters are supposed to go on a little uh, trip to the beach for a week to celebrate, but Finn at her graduation party has an echo of one of her mom's memories, and so now she instead wants to try and find their missing mom. Zadie is not about that. At the beginning of the book, she breaks up with her current boyfriend and finds out that she is pregnant, and she's also, like, has this kind of abandonment issue because of her mom, like, you know, abandoning them, and so she, and also like when um, her sister was placed with this foster family, they kind of grew apart. Her sister didn't make time for her, things like that. And she also has this big grudge against her mom because we have the second timeline in the book of like a year leading up to when their mom disappeared. And basically their mom would kind of like have missing parts of time where she would like leave them places or like there's a few times where she would leave Zadie places or like would drive and was like really spacey and wouldn't talk about any of those things and then when Zadie eventually saw her mom leave she didn't stop her and then she never came back 
And so, you know, we have all of that sort of abandonment trauma going on. So basically, Finn is like, I'm doing this with or without you. Zadie does not want her to go alone. And so she goes along on the trip, even though she doesn't want to. So they're trying to kind of trace their mom's footsteps through echoes that Finn is able to sense in the different places that they go. So, you know, Finn is able to kind of pick them up in some places, not others. They end up going to this campsite where they had went um, before their mom disappeared. And while they're there, they meet a lot of other people who also have powers like them. And they call themselves six, you know, like a sixth sense. And they get this rock that looks like a volcano. And so they're trying to like track their mom down that way. They then pick up Zadie's ex-boyfriend, Joel, not the ex-boyfriend who fathered this baby inside of her, but a different one. And he kind of joins them on the trip. He eventually sort of learns about Finn and Zadie's powers. But as they're going along, Finn starts sliding further and further away or into her powers more. As she's sensing more of her mom's memories, she's also becoming confused and losing her mind and memories like their mom did. And so it's a very scary thing. At one point, they then find this family that their mom lived with for a little while and all the daughters can talk to trees like their mom used to be able to do. And then basically Finn runs away, but because she's caught in this echo and almost like goes over a cliff, but Zadie saves her. Joel leaves because he's like, this is not safe. You should not be doing this to your sister. You should stop. The sisters have a fight kind of about like, you know, all that stuff I talked about in the beginning. And then it turns out the volcano was not a volcano. It was a cliff. And Zadie loses Finn, but ends up finding their mom. She is no longer verbal, can barely move, things like that. But she has all these birds that have followed her. And when Zadie and Finn end up, Finn ends up showing up there as well. I don't remember how that happened. And when they both get there, Nora, the mom, starts coming back to herself. And we find out that Nora's sixth sense is she's kind of a bird because she had to migrate and that's why she left. And she did the same thing when she was um, like 20 or so when she was pregnant with Zadie. She migrated and then she migrated back to where she originally came from. And the sisters make up and everyone's reunited. And then the epilogue is Zadie has her baby. It's a girl and she's living with her mom and they find the mom with an aunt they never knew they had. And Finn is... uh, at college and she while she did not let her so also another thing going on is that Finn's foster family wanted to adopt her and so she wanted to find her mom before deciding what to do she does not end up letting them adopt her but does end up calling them mom and dad so you know we got a little bit of everything for everyone there so that is like the general plot of that book wow look at me five minutes who who is she I don't know But let's get into the discussion section for this book. So I will say my favorite part of this book was absolutely the sister relationship that's going on here. We have kind of estranged sisters because they were separated and haven't been able to live together in the past five years and have grown apart as Finn has kind of assimilated into her new life, her new family, things like that. And Zadie felt very unwelcome there and not part of that. And as they started seeing each other less and less, you know, they grew apart. They also, at the beginning, have very different views on their mother. And so that is kind of driving them apart as well. But what I found really beautiful is how the two of them grew back together, kind of as the story 
continued. They got to know each other better and like they kind of had like an adult fight, you know, but sometimes you need to have those so you can resolve your issues. And I just thought it was really nice seeing the like sister relationship that they had and kind of how they grew in that relationship and grew back together and made their familial bond stronger and better. And you also have some other familiar relationships with Zadie getting ready to be a mother herself and then kind of the, like all of the conflict going on with their relationship with their own mother as well as Finn's relationship with her foster family. And they were really great people as well. Like you don't see very much of them. Honestly, Finn is very irresponsible and lies to them and says that she's still at the speech with Zadie and then like stops checking in and then they like are really worried and are going to call the police and all this nonsense. And by nonsense, I mean not actual nonsense because, you know, if your child just disappears, that's kind of scary. You know what I mean? But anyways, so that was probably my favorite part of the book was kind of the sister and family exploration. And that's something that I really enjoy. Like, here's the thing. I like an exploration of family. I think that's why some of the Sarah Dessen books I really like really speak to me because a lot of that is kind of an exploration of relationships with your parents or your siblings or things like that. And we're seeing that in here as well. However, I'm currently reading a book called Dava Shastri's Last Day, which is also an exploration of family, but I'm not enjoying it. I'm about 150 pages into the maybe like 400 page book and nobody's very likable. And while it's, you know, an exploration of family, I don't like it. So I can be definitely picky. I think part of the reason I don't like that story is because nobody, I don't like any of the characters. And so I don't care. I don't know if that makes sense, but you'll hear more about that book mm, a few episodes from now or maybe maybe the next one I don't know because there's going to be some holiday content I have a Christmas episode and then there'll be the end of the year episode so I don't really know when you're going to hear all of this different stuff because it's getting slotted in and whatever but um yeah so family relationships I really enjoy kind of that and then also the other thing I really liked about this book is that I felt a connection to Zadie as an older the oldest sibling myself there's some things that are just an older, that only an oldest sibling can understand. And I don't know if that makes any sense, but like when we have the flashback moments, we see Zadie protecting Finn by like not letting her know that their mom has like left her somewhere on purpose or like not wanting her to worry or this or that. And then also just kind of like, you know, older, oldest siblings feel like they carry the weight of the world on their shoulders, whether they really do or not. And I just kind of connected with that with Zadie. So um, yeah, I liked that about that. I liked that about this story as well. Let's talk about like one other thing as well before we get into discussing Sixth Sense and all of that. And that would be the Joel subplot. So at the beginning of this book, when we're at Finn's graduation party, we're introduced to her foster brother who's probably like a few years older than Zadie. And they have this moment where I was like, huh, I wonder if he's going to come back up again later in the book and then be Zadie's, like, romantic uh, interest. That did not happen. I don't know what I was sensing there, but it didn't occur. But then over about half, just over halfway through the book, all of a sudden Joel pops up and he's her, like, ex-boyfriend who she dated right after her mom disappeared. 
and then ended up like leaving after she realized he she was just using him for like emotional support it wasn't love you know and so then you know they're like reconnecting and at one point they kiss but she's like i don't want to get back together with him but like the whole thing with joel was just really weird i kept being like go away joel go away and then he eventually does leave and he's like i'm leaving because i don't support what you're doing and i support that and like you have to remove yourself from situations sometime if you don't support what somebody's doing and you don't want to be involved that's cool however if you're leaving like i don't know joel was like i'm leaving because you shouldn't be putting your sister through this she's gonna get hurt so I'm going to go. I don't know, man. Maybe you should, if like, talk to the sister as well. Talk to Finn and be like, yo, this is, like, scary. You shouldn't do this. And I don't know. I think I would feel, like, residual guilt and pressure that I have to stay so something bad didn't happen. But also, you got to take care of yourself. So I don't really know. But I was just like, Joel, I don't like you. There was nothing really wrong with Joel except for the fact that he was kind of like a nomad. He's like has a goal of going to all 50 states, which is cool, but he, like, can't keep a job, and, they like, his, like, kind of sweaty and gross and just, like, randomly sleeping in motel room. Like, I don't know, man. I just didn't like Joel, and then, like, it, it just felt very, like, incomplete. This Joel storyline felt very incomplete because he leaves, and then in the epilogue, like, he sends, like, a gift or something like that to Zadie's baby, but, like, or he still talks with Finn and Finn brings an update and it just felt weird. Like it felt like the Joel Zadie storyline just wasn't completed. And like I didn't really want him to be her love interest. And I mean, there really weren't love interests or a, a romance subplot in this book, which I was totally fine with because it was more about the familial relationships and all that. But the Joel subplot was just kind of weird. So now let's get into talking about the sixth sense. So I'm going to first ask, pose this question. Were all the people that had sixth sense in this book women? Because I think they were. If you read this book, let me know if I need to like refresh my memory on this. But so we have the sisters and their mom and then they go to the like campsite and they meet a woman, a woman who can hear the stars singing. They have, they meet another psychic. Um, they meet like, I feel like they meet a few other people and I think they were all women. And then later on, they are staying at this house that their mom had stayed at. And there's the daughters who all can talk to trees and their mom also had that. I just feel like there weren't any men. So I wonder like if men can't have six senses in this sort of universe, um, which is kind of interesting. And then I guess my follow up is if you had a sixth sense, what would it be? I was thinking about this question because I was like, well, what would mine be if I just had to pick something based off of like, you know, actual things about me? So the ones we have are psychic, um, memory echoes. You're a bird who has to migrate every 18 years randomly. Um, talking to trees and being able to hear stars. I feel like there were a few other ones, but that's really what I remember. And the only thing I could think of is that I have a pretty good memory but I was like, I don't really think that's a sixth sense to have a good memory because I don't have a photographic memory and that's like more impressive than just my gen like generic, regular, good person memory. So I don't know what my sixth sense would be. Um, if I had to pick from all of these different sixth sense, which one I would want, oh, I wouldn't want to be able to hear the star songs because that causes the woman to like 
go deaf and have to be nocturnal and I would be a horrible nocturnal person um I would not enjoy that at all so who knows I think probably the least horrible one to have is being a psychic um because it bombards you the least or listening to trees because you have to be very deliberate to do that but I don't know let me know what you would want your sixth sense to be if you if you had one so with that we are now going to move on to the second book. So we're ending with The Wilder Woman now. And it's also called The Wilder Woman because their last name is Wilder. It's just so you guys know. Anyways, moving on to The Unhoneymooners by Christina Lauren. If you don't want this book to be spoiled, stop here. Go read the book. I would recommend it. I loved it. I had a great time with it. I read it in two days. I could have read it in one, but I wanted to have something to read the next day because I only brought two books with me to Florida and... I was like, I better have something on my last day as I'm sitting by the pool. Anyways, so yeah, I would definitely recommend it. But now let's jump into the plot summary for this book. So The Unhoneymooners is about, I guess, some some enemies to lovers fake marriage vibes, I guess I'll say. So basically the book starts with Olive's twin, identical twin sister Amy getting married to this guy named Dane. Olive describes Dane as kind of like a frat bro guy. Like, she doesn't love Dane. She doesn't hate him. But, like, she feels like her sister could do better. But doesn't say any of that to her because her sister is, like, in love with him and all of that nonsense. So, Amy, like, is really good at getting free stuff. She's very lucky. Whereas, Olive is very unlucky. So, she basically got, like, almost everything for her wedding for free. Including, like, an all-expenses-paid trip to Hawaii to this resort. So they have the wedding and the best man is Dane's older brother, Ethan, who also happens to be Olive's nemesis. And he has like a thing against buffets and Olive is allergic to seafood, self shellfish, so she can't eat it either. So the two of them don't eat from there and they have like chicken or something like that. But everybody else gets like intense food poisoning from the bad shellfish, seafood, whatever. And so Amy and Dane can't go on their honeymoon. So Olive and Ethan end up going, but it's like pretty strict. So when they're check-in, they have to pretend that Olive is Amy. So, you know, they the two of them don't get along, Olive and Ethan, but they both are like, well, I'm going on this trip. So they're like, fine, we can try and like at least be civil to each other on the plane and when we're in the room and then we'll just do our own thing during the day. So they get there and, you know, they're like, okay, this will be fine. Except on the like first day, Olive runs in. She also like gets a job. So she had been unemployed for two months. She had been laid off. And while they're in the airport waiting to board the plane, she gets a call with a job offer. So she's super excited about that. So after she's leaving the spa, the boss for her new job is there celebrating his like 30th wedding anniversary with his wife. And the spa attendant calls her Mrs. Uh, Thomas, which is the last name of Ethan. Had to look on the back of the book for that. And the boss is like, what? And she's like, oh, um, yeah, I just got married. And he's like, well, let's have dinner. So then Ethan pretends to be her husband and they have this dinner and it's really it goes really well. But Olive's like, why did I lie to my boss? What am I going to do when I get back? You know, I haven't even started yet. And then on their way back from dinner, while they're talking about all that, they run into Ethan's ex-girlfriend, whose name, I don't remember. What was her name? Because she, like, comes up a lot. Sophie. 
Her name's Sophie. So anyways, they run into Sophie with her new fiance and apparently her and Ethan had only broken up like six months ago or something like that. Like not that far in the past. And so now Olive is pretending to be her, his wife and they end up like going on the same sort of like snooba-ing a thing, which is snorkeling and scuba, but like in the middle. So they call it snooba. And you know, kind of pretending to still be together whenever they see them. But they also end up sort of getting to know each other and falling in love, obviously. So by the time that they leave Hawaii, they decide to date because they are having feelings. You know, they had some sex. You know, they had the whole romance. However, what also happened while they were there is while Amy and Dane were dating, Dane kept, like, taking, like, missing big events because Ethan planned these trips to go like surfing in Nicaragua or like they went to Las Vegas on Valentine's Day or things like that. And Olive sort of mentions that to him and he's like, what are you talking about? Dane was the one who like booked those trips. So Olive is like, what? And then it later comes out that Dane had been dating other people up until he proposed to Amy. So Ethan is, like, convinced that Amy knows about this. Olive is convinced that Amy doesn't. But because they start dating, she agrees not to say anything to her sister, um, that it's not any of her business. But so they go back. Olive goes on her first day to work and confesses to her boss, like, within the first, like, 10 minutes that she's not actually married. So he fires her. So she's super upset. And, like, they are getting drinks like the four of them are all getting drinks to kind of like celebrate her first day except you know now it's upsetting because she lost her job and she um is like ethan like kind of comforts her and like is like oh i'm so sorry whatever and amy's running late and dane shows up and ethan goes to the bathroom and dane hits on her and is like if you ever want to swap brothers like blah 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 and so Olive's obviously disgusted and is like, I have to tell my sister, even though I said I wasn't going to, like, this crosses a line. So she leaves. Ethan follows her and is like, what's going on? And she's like, your brother just hit on me. And he's like, no, he didn't. My brother wouldn't do that. And Olive's like, yes, he did. And Ethan's like, I don't believe you. Like, that didn't happen. Whatever. And so she's like, I just have to go home. So she calls her sister or her sister comes to her house the next morning and she tells her sister what happened and about all these other girls and like the stuff that she learned from Ethan while they were in Hawaii. And Amy also doesn't believe her and is like, why are you so negative? Like you always, you're such a pessimist. You like are angry. You always are looking at the bad side of life and people and things like that. Um, I don't believe you basically. So then Olive and then Ethan comes over like at night after work and is like, I talked to my brother. He said that you just misunderstood him. That's not what's going on. And she's like, yes, it is what happened. And then he was like, did you tell Amy? And she's like, yes. And he's like, well, what did she, did she believe you? And she does, obviously she didn't. And so Ethan is like, are you going to be able to get over this? And Olive's like, well, uh, am I going to get over the fact that my boyfriend refuses to believe me about something? No. And so they break up, which is sad. And then, you know, she spends the next few weeks, like, she ends up getting a job at her uncle's restaurant just so that she can make some money. And she's like, you know what? This is actually a blessing because I didn't really like what my new job was going to be. It just was stable, just a paycheck. So she's like, I can figure out what I actually want to do. And her sister doesn't talk to her for a few weeks. But then one day, Dane leaves his phone and she looks at it and sees all these messages from women 
And she's like, come over, please. I need you. So she goes over and it turns out Amy texted all these women. They all show up at their house while Dane is there and they all confront him. And they all didn't know that he was married slash was getting married, all this different stuff. And so obviously Amy's like, we're getting divorced. And Ethan also shows up and sees like the like aftermath of all this stuff that's happening. And so he is like, feels bad and keeps calling and wants to apologize, but Olive isn't picking up the phone. And he grand gestures by coming to the restaurant she's working with, working at at the end of the book. And so at the beginning of the book, they wear these like horrible lime green, like Skittle colored dresses that are like shiny. And he turned one of the dresses into a shirt and was wearing that and basically apologizes and they kind of talk and she forgives him and decides that she wants to be brave and have the life that she wants. So she's going to give him another chance and they date. And then we have an epilogue, which is, I think, just a year into the future. And what happens is this time it's actually from Ethan's point of view and they're going that way. I have to I have to figure it out. Two, I, I lied. It's two years in the future. They're going back to Hawaii and they're taking Amy and her boyfriend, who's like this other guy, um, with them. And he ends up proposing kind of like a full circle moment. So that was the Unhoneymooners. So let's talk about it. So this is my second Christina Lauren book. I previously read In a Holidays two years ago for Christmas and didn't enjoy it. That is a romance set at Christmas with a time loop like plotline and it just didn't impress me. It was like kind of mediocre. The time loops and stuff like there was only like two or three time loops when I feel like there should have been like at least 10 for it to really be worth it. You know what I mean? It was like she starts the new time loop lives one day okay starts over lives like two days starts it over and then lives the whole thing through like it was just not worth it to me so I wasn't super impressed so I've been kind of hesitant to pick up any more Christina Lauren despite hearing like generally pretty positive things about some of their other books but I was at Barnes and Noble I really wanted a romance because I was feeling down. I wanted something happy. And that was when I got um, For Butter or Worse. But then I also picked up this book, The Unhoneymooners, and the Dava Shastri's Last Day book that I was talking about earlier when I talked about um, The Wilder Woman. And The Unhoneymooners and the Dava Shastri book were buy one, get one half off. So I was like, you know what? This is like, this is the Christina Lauren book that I've heard the most positive reviews of like I've only heard really good things about this one so I said if I'm picking one up this is the one I'm gonna pick up and it did not disappoint and it makes me want to read another Christina Lauren book um what I would read maybe the soulmate equation because it just kind of has tropes that intrigue me and that I like a lot or I heard um that love in other words is really good from somebody I met at a birthday party yesterday and then I also heard that um, Josh and Hazel's Guide to Not Dating is like one of my favorite booktubers' favorite books. So those will be ones that I would try out. I would not try out Wilder because I heard negative things about that one. But anyway, so Christina Lauren really blew me away on this one. I really liked it a lot. I, again, the family vibes were really doing it for me. Like, even though the 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 majority, the majority of the book is takes place just with Olive and Ethan, I really enjoyed kind of Olive's extended family and her sister and all of that. 
And then, like, the idea of family is so intrinsically tied to this because the two of them are dating, but their siblings are married, and the conflict is all revolving around their siblings' marriage. It's not really revolving around their own relationship. The conflict is because of other people. And that is something I want to talk about, is that this was a really satisfying conflict and resolution in a book, which I think is another reason why it was good. A lot of times in romance novels, the, like, conflict at the end kind of sucks. It's like miscommunication. You overhear something and take it the wrong way. You break up. And then literally the next chapter, you get back together. This one was good because so they it's like 400 pages long. And around the 300 page mark, they come back from Hawaii. And then within the next 40 pages, she's lost her job and a boyfriend. And the last 60 pages are the resolution and the epilogue. So that's actually much longer of a kind of like ending like act than you normally see in a romance. And you know the whole time that the conflict is going to be between Amy and Dane causing strain on Olive and Ethan's relationship. And I thought it made sense. I enjoyed it. It also touched me because the other like part of this is that both Amy and Ethan get on Olive for being a negative, angry person. There's another like sort of thing at the beginning, well, when Olive and Ethan first met, they were like, for the first like interaction, it was really positive. And then Olive went to go get cheese curds because they were at the state fair. And when she came back, all of a sudden Ethan was aloof, wasn't talking to her, didn't smile at her. And she assumed that he didn't like her because she was a curvy woman who eats. And then it just kind of went downhill from there. But what had happened is Dane said, stay away from her... She might be pretty, but um, she's super negative. She, like, is angry. Like, she's a pessimist. Like, you, like, she's the worst, basically. And so Dane just didn't want the two of them talking to let Amy know about her his other women. So, you know. But anyways, so that was also, like, something that touched me because that, like, I've also had people in the past, back in high school, you know, really throwing it back to those high school traumas just say that like I'm just like an angry pessimistic person and that's what they see about me which if you listen to this podcast is probably not I don't think the um perspective no perception that you have of me but that was something that did happen to me and it's very upsetting when people that you think know you very well and love you and things like that would say something like that to you so I definitely felt for Olive there at the end when that happened and you know I enjoyed seeing something similar Happened to a character in a book, you know. Could have used this one back in the day, but I've kind of moved past that. And um, I don't think about that as often. So, you know, we love moving past um, horrible things that happened to you during high school. But anyways, I just felt like the conflict was very satisfying. I thought that, like, I enjoyed that she had to wallow for a bit. And it wasn't just like the next day they've made up and everybody's accepted it. No, it was a few weeks later. And then it was like another two months or something like that until she got back together with Ethan. And then also I thought it was satisfying as well to see kind of Olive's like job resolution as well. Like she doesn't get hired back there and it does suck that she loses the job, but she ends up finding something she likes better. So I enjoyed that as well. Let's see what else do I have? The other thing that's just really great about this book is Ethan and Olive have great chemistry from the beginning. Like, I enjoyed their interactions together. The thing with enemies to lovers is that sometimes 
they're either enemies for a really stupid reason or they're like legit enemies that should not be able to get over it. And this, you kind of see like that there was miscommunication and misperceptions put in place by other people, which is why they didn't get along. And as they have those conversations together and get to know who each other really are, that was like you felt like, okay, they're actually a good match. And it's funny because they were actually the better match out of the siblings, which, you know, is kind of funny, but not because, I mean, it sucks that Amy, like, dated this man for three years and married him and then found out he was a cheating scumbag only, like, two months into their marriage. That's actually such a depressing thing. I hope that never happens to me. But, um, so, and then just also all the fun adventures they did in Hawaii, it was just fun to read about. Like, I flew through this book. I loved it. I had so much fun with it. And I definitely see why people tout this as Christina Lauren's best book. At least that's kind of what I've heard. And uh, yeah, I think with that, we're nearing the end of the episode. So I think I'm just going to end it here with just saying this was fun. I enjoyed it. If you need a beach read, if you're going on vacation, or if you just need a nice, if you're like, oh no, it's winter. I want to feel like warm, you know, or you're going to, I don't know, guys. I would pick this one up. I thought it was really good and I will definitely be recommending it in the future. So let's see. Next episode will probably be the Dava Shastri's last day book episode. I don't know who that's by. I don't have the book in front of me and I did not look up the author before recording this. So that'll probably be that book. The spoiler is that I'm just under halfway and I'm not really enjoying it. So we'll see if I can come around before the end there, but... I don't know. I'm Like I said, I don't really like any of the characters. And when I don't like any of the characters, I tend to not like the book either. But we'll see what happens. Also, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to my podcast on your podcast platform if you're able to do so. That helps other people find me and it would mean the world to me. You can also follow me on Instagram at I read a book once blog. I haven't been posting, but maybe I will start that up sometime soon and that would give me motivation to do so. While you're there, feel free to DM me if you want to talk about either of these books, my podcast, um, or this episode in general. Let me know if you like kind of these combo shorter um, talking about each book or you like the extended one book per episode sort of episodes. Uh, or you could email me at iveredabookonesblog at gmail.com and we can discuss that way as well. So with that, my name is Emma. This was I Read a Book Once and I'll catch you guys next time.